a ratio marketing podcast. And in an ideal world where marketing is bringing back what the clients are saying, sharing out what product or um, solutions marketing is saying, helping to enable the commercial or sales teams very specifically with all this information. I, I say commercial because we should all be educated on the materials and the value proposition and the story and what it does. It really does require a concerted and ongoing effort and really listening to the clients about what they're experiencing, what their pain points are, what they need help with, what they want to get to for their organization and the healthcare industry uh, as a whole. Have you ever wished you had a healthcare provider on speed dial? Someone you could call to validate your product market fit. Someone to listen and help you see your solution differently. Welcome to Healthcare Market Matrix, a podcast to help you see your market clearly. We dive deep into the challenges faced by healthcare organization leaders that technology has the chance to help them solve. It's all about gaining the kind of understanding you need to effectively connect with your market. Join us as we explore the healthcare market matrix. Greetings, everybody, and welcome to Healthcare Market Matrix. I'm your host, John Farkas, and joining me in the Ratio Studios today is my friend and Ratio Advisory Board member, Aaron Hillman. And so I need to tell you that uh, Aaron and I were just at Health at the big conference in Las Vegas and um, had the chance to intersect several times while we were there. And something I'd want you to know about... Um, Aaron is, and I, and from my perspective, this says a lot about who Aaron is. Every time after Aaron departed a group that we were in together, um, or one, the, the people that know Aaron who are in that group made comments, unsolicited comments that just were talking about how much they like and respect this guy. And I love that. That just says a lot about who Aaron is and what I've come to know of him. Uh, it's really true. So why are we talking to Aaron today? He has spent a good chunk of his life marketing products and solutions into the healthcare enterprise, including a number of years with Meditech, with Nuance, with GE, and now Philips, where he is currently the Senior Director of Global Client and Industry Engagement. We're going to learn what that means because that's one of those multi-syllable titles. Um, and in fact, uh, Aaron and I uh, met at Health in the skybox that Phillips had overlooking the convention center floor, uh, where he was set up there exclusively above the fray. It was a nice break. Um, but needless to say, Aaron has a lot of experience marketing enterprise level solutions in the healthcare. And I know he has some strong tenants that he holds on to regarding how to approach uh, marketing into this space. So we're going to learn. Uh, let's let's welcome Aaron to the platform here. Glad you're j joining us here today, Aaron. Uh, thank you so much, John, and and um, I'm I'm flattered. That's a very kind thing um, that you've shared there. So uh, don't quite know what to say, but but thank you for that. And and uh, truly, my pleasure connecting with you at at Health and and um, for joining the Ratio um, Advisory Board. Um, it is truly my honor to work with such a, a group of illustrious folks and, and you yourself and the Ratio team, of course. Um, thrilled to be here today. Great. Well, thanks. I'm uh, I'm curious, as, as we kind of jump in here, um, 
you know, I know a lot of our conversations have been around the importance of being in a cons- bringing in a consultative element when you're marketing into the space. And mm-hmm. what I know is that there's <laughs> there's organizations that kind of silo um, product marketing and sales and marketing and and have that kind of all segmented in and in my experience that's never really a great approach. It has to be kind of a uh, a unified effort toward growth. And I think when we t- talk about bringing a consultative element in, it certainly transcends just a traditional approach to, um, to marketing. But what does it mean to be a consultative marketer? marketer? How, how do you, what does that approach look like? So, um, you, you mentioned briefly sort of my, my storied career. Um, it's, it's almost 20 years now, which is hard, a hard number to swallow some days, but, um, you know, I, I started off in, in EMR with Meditech back in, you know, what I'll call the, the first EMR revolution, arguably first and a half. Um, and it's, it's a really particular thing to talk to the service lines and then also the C-suite mm-hmm. and, uh, and they need different things, but they're also looking for the same things. And through my career, as I moved from Meditech to Nuance, thought about global solutions marketing really at a very distinct level, but how that played with product, how that played with client success, um, how it played with implementation, which could or could not be different than client success, um, and how it played with the, the sales team. It really helped develop my thinking around this. Um, through my time at GE, um, both as a, a central marketing leader as well as a solutions marketer, again, globally for, for deep IT solutions, um, it, it sort of embedded very deeply my thinking about how we approach the leadership, whether it's departmental, whether it's IT across the enterprise, or whether it's truly C-suite enterprise leadership. Um, and, and now here at Philips, I have that opportunity truly through this engagement role to think about how do we reach these people? I think you're exactly right, John, in the sense that um, there's no right or wrong way specifically to structure an organization, right? Because there's lots of ways to skin that cat, if you will. Um, But I think that exactly to your point, it's really critical that they align around what the mission is, how to bring this to the clients repeatably, scalably, and effectively, um, and, and I'd argue with um, cost and time as very specific mm-hmm. uh, components of that ideology. And then also, when we talk about the word commercial, most often people think about sales, right? But as far as I'm concerned, anybody that's talking to the client-facing realm is commercial. Right. And so as a marketer, I think about what it means to help provide deep understanding of what it is we're bringing to bear, what the value is, not just the, the you know, feature function fits and starts the things that go click in the night. It's it's the things that help drive outcomes and value for the organization. And to me, when we talk about that, it's the sales, it's the marketing, it's the product, it's the vision or product roadmap, it's the client success components. It's all of these things that come together to bring a holistic story to um, to the client, whether that's through marketing or sales or all the things. So I'd almost say it, it's a um, being a consultative commercial. Person, yeah, I, I that think that sense. that's really consistent with a lot of my thinking. One of my favorite quotes, and it's um, 
is comes from Peter Drucker, and he said, you know, the purpose of business is to create a customer, and the business enterprise has two and only two basic functions. One is marketing, and the other is innovation. Um, mm-hmm. And marketing and innovation produce results; all the rest are costs. And so that puts a broad stroke on marketing. It's commercial, right? It is. It is the commercialization of the innovation, and and if you look at and if you divide up that that segment if you if you really intentionally take a big black marker and draw lines in between marketing sales and and product you're going to you're going to lose the story um it's really important to have a a clear line um a, a through line through all of that and um so i because that's what it means to bring something to market after all so Talk yeah. about how that works itself out um, in, in the context of, you know, what, what does it mean to, to be a consultative marketer? Yeah, I, I'd argue it's a I'd argue it's a circle, right? Maybe not even a through line, right? Because it's, yep. it, there's no beginning or end to it, especially in terms of the client journey, right? So so at some point, the client joins in the client journey, right? But but ostensibly, that's a, a, a fairly easy sort of uh, osmosis sort of thing through the, the border of that circle. But once they're in, the way I think about it is that it's it's a continuous loop, right? And, and in an ideal world where um, marketing is bringing back what the clients are saying, um, sharing out what product or um, solutions marketing is saying, um, helping to enable the commercial or sales teams very specifically with all this information. And I, I say commercial because we should all be educated on the materials and the value proposition and the story and what it does. Um, because at any moment I could step into an elevator and there's, you know, John Farkas waiting for me and says, Aaron, what are you up to these days? And how do I think about this thing? I want to be able to, to, to actually give you some relevant information. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a feedback loop, mm-hmm. um, for lack of a better way to say it. And, um, it really does require a concerted and ongoing effort and really listening to the clients about what they're experiencing, what their pain points are, what they need help with, what they want to get to for their organization and the healthcare industry uh, as a whole. So in that context, um, when you think about stewarding that, right? Yeah, so, so to me, you know, one of the, the most helpful definitions of the marketing function I've heard is that marketing serves as the translation layer, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's the connective tissue, making sure that that what we have that needs to find its way into the market has has the translation layer necessary to connect itself to the market, and that is mm-hmm. a dynamic, right? That's not just a one way conversation. It's a back and forth. There's a lot of uh, there, there's a lot of both in, and that's just what you described. And so, talk a little bit about about that dynamic and what are some of the things that you're doing to to care for and steward the story because you're not you, you're in a <laughs> you have a lot of experience with large enterprises you know you're working with big organizations with lots of moving parts and some meta narrative that needs to to flow in there mixed with specific solutions talk about how you steward the story well, it's a couple of different ways, right? And and in my current capacity, a lot of what I'm doing is is exactly that, is stewarding the story. But also a lot of what I'm doing is is the feedback loop, mm-hmm. right? And and 
you know, in which previous is part capacities of that stewardship. Is, I mean, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I'd, I'd argue it is a, a, the critical component um, to it. Right. We can all tell stories facing out. If we don't listen and take that back and learn from it, that's not a loop, right? It, it's an arrow. It's a vector. Um, and so I, I think that that's a really interesting thing. As a solutions marketer, the responsibility was the same. Um, I, I'd argue that any marketer or any even commercial person is really an engagement manager, an engagement leader, right? Because the whole point is to connect with the client and the market to understand what's going on. Um, in terms of stewardship and how we go about that, there's quite a few different ways. Going to an event like health is a great example, right? Where you have planned meetings, but you also surreptitiously meet people on the floor. Um, you listen to what um, thought leadership is being shared and you learn from those things. There's there's thousands of opportunities for that throughout the year. There's also lots of publications and trade. Um, and then, of course, there's actual visits with clients on site. And to me, there's nothing more valuable than actually going and seeing how a client is working, what it is that they're going through. You know, they they may be able to tell you about it a little bit on the floor or over dinner um, or through a nice conversation over a cup of coffee. But um, until you experience it, until you see it firsthand, I think that's really important. And, and as marketers, I think sometimes we forget about that because we get so stuck in producing content and, and, and all the things that also come from marketing. Um, and so it's important to get out in the field and, and, and experience that as well. Lastly, I'd say there's lots of additional opportunities um, around learning from providers, whether it's the thought leadership or content they put out in the world through tools like LinkedIn or, or the other you know, healthcare trade publications. But organizing yourself, focus groups and ad boards, um, you know, uh, proprietary events, um, all sorts of things like that really provide the opportunity to steward that information back and forth between the client and the internal org and vice versa. Yeah, I, as you were talking, there were several things that came, came to mind um, about the critical nature of getting out in the field. Um, you know, the reality of what we are talking about marketing is when, mm -hmm. when we're talking about healthcare solutions, <laughs> it, it often... It, it can often get pretty removed, right? A lot, there's a lot of technical, there's a lot of uh, specifications, there's a lot of integrations, there's all those, those tricky parts. And at the mm -hmm. end of the day, you know, Philips, you're talking a lot about imaging solutions, right? These are things that ha are, are peering into people to understand what is going on in their, in their being that has uh, implications for how the rest of their life will play itself out. No small thing. I mean, that, that is an, uh, an intimate and critical interaction. And, and mm -hmm. having eyes, as a marketer who's, who's part of the translation layer, having eyes on that simple reality I've got to think is really important. And, and having that, holding that front and center um, is, is really a, a critical component. And I know, you know, um, you're, you're getting ready to go to RSNA uh, and, and preparing for that uh, gigantic festival of, ra <laughs> of radiology. Um, yeah. I, I'm curious as, as you're, thinking about that and and carrying this idea of being how does Phillips cro cross that bridge you know how how do you all look at bringing that reality home 
Well, so, I, I mean, Phillips has been doing this for over a hundred years, time. right? Uh, <laughs> it's a long time. Um, and, um, you know, what I'd, what I'd comment on is, um, I know we're, we're very commonly known for, you know, imaging and diagnostics, but I, uh, I, I guess what I'd call it is sort of an integrated um, diagnostic journey, mm-hmm. which includes all the other critical data relevant to patient care, right? And And that's, that's something that's actually very interesting is um, we really do sort of carry across the continuum all the different things from, uh, you know, as you say, the modalities, the diagnostic devices through monitoring and remote patient monitoring and, um, you know, uh, emergent care and care management and the analytics and performance oriented tools to understand all this data as well as the integration layers. It's, it's really a complex Sweet and and RSNA is a really interesting thing because you know everybody in the you know healthcare world knows about RSNA to some degree. It's it's as you say this um, monstrous <laughs> thing that takes up you know Chicago in itself and its entirety for a few days every year right after Thanksgiving, um, and it it really is in my opinion I think changed its focus a little bit right it did it did used to be specifically about the modalities and and the pack software and the vendor neutral archives that sat under that and and sort of the infrastructure I, I my opinion is that it's morphing as are most um, healthcare events to be more innovative more focused on um, yeah. sort of the broader care journey and yes of course a high focus on the modalities themselves and how we create that integrated diagnostic journey for the patient but it's really more about live predictive patient insights across the care journey right and how all of these things come together to actually help provide clinicians with um you know the right support to make the right decisions and and you know i think it's important also at least for me um to, to share a personal philosophy, which is that, you know, everybody has a reason they do a thing that they do. Um, and I've been a patient and I've worked in healthcare and, um, you know, uh, I've got clinicians in my family. And at the end of the day, I think it, for me, at least, it's really important to keep that in mind because I know that's what our healthcare systems are keeping in mind, right? How do I serve my clinicians better? How do I serve my patients better? How do I drive um, mm-hmm. overall holistic health, not just in acute, but as we think about more holistic health care in and out of the home, that's the future of where we're going. And so I, you know, to your question, John, Phil's looking at all of those pieces. Um, but I think, you know, all of the care providers, which is really the engagement portion, are thinking about all those things too. And so speaking to them and understanding what their future focus is future meaning next week or next year or next five years um, are yeah, all relevant. I think when I'm considering, and uh, I'm, I'm loving this conversation because it's bringing me back to some fundamental things that I need to make sure I'm, I'm holding, right? Um, when I think about the idea of translation layer, and I think about what we're doing in the context of healthcare, and I think about what marketing's role is in that, every, every sale has an emotional component. Every, everything we bring to market has, I mean, we are human beings after all, it's not all about specifications and, and ROI equations. It's a lot about that. It's a lot. Let's not lose that. I mean, business is business. And there, there are reasons people make decisions, especially when you're going, you're, you're comparing two entities that are remarkably similar in their, you know, in their, in their spec there's gonna there could be an emotional side of this and somebody and an organization who has in it 
who's carrying a soul element into the equation, right? Is understanding what the people mean, understanding what the impact is, understanding those those elements that can be a difference maker, and and how you and how you carry that and host it and and serve in the translation function to bring that forward uh, is is an opportunity. I've got to I've got to think. Have you? Are there any examples of how you've brought that idea to to roost in your in your work, yeah. So it, it, it's a great it's a great lead. Um, so in short, I think that's that's a lot of what the um, advisory and focus groups are are really about, right? And, and we get very focused on those um, when we when we bring those to bear because we have sometimes very specific questions and sometimes a little bit bit broader conversations. Um, what I really want to do in that moment is ask right I, I think I think the number one thing I can do there is is ask what they're thinking about and how they're thinking about the next steps about whatever that context is um, and and you know an example might be around um, data and integration for example right so we've all been in the space of um, trying to figure out how to bring yeah. our data together into a single place to be usable from an analytics and, and, you know, comprehension perspective to look at patient throughput, workflow, storage, whatever may be, right? And all of that translates to efficiency and cost and patient care and clinician satisfaction. Um, I'd argue, and, and a, a key CIO cited this um, earlier this year, um, I won't name names, um, we have the same problem that we you know, today that we've had for the past 20 plus years since we started creating data silos. Um, creating a way to analyze and understand all that information at a very basic level through whether it's artificial intelligence or an algorithm that brings these things together or simply providing an integration tool that maybe a healthcare system hasn't had before or didn't exist before um, is a way that we can provide assistance as the vendor side to this healthcare systems that are are trying to put these puzzle pieces together. Yeah, yeah. Did, sure. I, did I answer that, John? Um, okay. Let's let's push a little farther into the consultative grid, uh, and when you're looking at the teams that you're working with and sure. commercialization, um, mm-hmm. put some pragmatic put a pragmatic layer on what consultative looks like. Like, what does it look like, and as you are uh, are interacting with a buyer target um, and and bringing the team to bear and and looking at how you engage those entities what is what is consultative how does it work itself out so I think it depends on the situation if we're talking an individual client mm-hmm. uh, it requires knowing who the key stakeholders are at that client it requires doing the discovery to learn about what's going on Mm -hmm. with that client, what their needs are, what they have for existing solutions, where their gaps are. That means talking to them, right? It it means having an actual conversation and and probably with multiple people um, in multiple care settings or service line settings or IT settings. Um, You you really can't do the whole process justice without that level of discovery. And then it literally means working through the end-to-end process of what do they need? When do they need it? How do they need it? Where is it going to go? Who is it going to apply to? What are the key stakeholders? 
every healthcare organization has a different process for procurement, who gets involved at what levels, dollar amounts being spent, how that stuff gets approved. Um, it, it's, it's some similar, some different everywhere. If we're talking about on a larger scale, let's say RSNA is a good example. Um, you know, privacy is a very real concern. So as a vendor, we get this list of everybody who's coming, but we don't have contact information, right? And so we have to do our own diligence to say, how do we want to reach these people? What's the best way to get in touch with them? We have to cross-reference against our own information. Um, and we have to learn really um, the best way to communicate with them, to think about how we do that discovery. And then the process begins from discovery through to, you know, to closure. Some of it might be, um, you know, thinking about how we move a sale more quickly. Some of it might be about how we resolve a, a challenge that the client is cur currently having or a concern they have. Some of it might be my hair's on fire and, you know, please help me immediately. And, and so all of it is starts with discovery and understanding who you're going to be speaking to and what their needs are at the beginning. And then from there, we can begin the conversation. And to your point earlier, it might include an ROI or a TCO. It might include a solution overview to help them understand how it's going to fix specifically the problem that they're trying to overcome. It might be training yep. sessions, right? It might not be selling anything at all because sometimes selling things isn't the answer, right? Um, and, you know, forgive me, commercial people out in the world. <laughs> um, but, but standing at somebody's elbow sometimes and, and showing them how a thing works from a client services perspective or client success perspective is is the you know just what the doctor ordered and so i think it's understanding what is needed to make the situation right yeah this gets at something that we've heard just surface very clearly and prevalently in the conversations we've had with healthcare system leaders in, in on this in this very studio um a lot of what we heard is don't don't come to me with your blanket messaging. Don't come to me with your mm -hmm. don't come to me without knowing me because I don't mm -hmm. and nobody got time for that. You know, I, I they, they are some of the most pressed, challenged human beings on the planet, super resource constrained, super time constrained, and they don't have time to talk to sit through a 15 minute vendor spiel that the first three quarters of which has nothing to do with the specific problems they're trying to solve. And, and I've heard that refrain multiple times, you know, in, in, in the context of the conversations we've had here. And that presents a real problem, my estimation, for marketing in its conventional um, shell, right? I, I think that the way we've done it is you come up with a message and you throw it out to the market. You know, part of what is needing to happen that I'm hearing really cl clearly, and this is why it's important to break down the silos and, and have a collaborative growth conversation as opposed to a segmented tactical conversation. How are we gonna, you know, how are we gonna go after XYZ health system? You know, how, what do yeah. we know about them? What do we know about their needs? What are, what are they facing right now that is a pertinent? And how are we gonna, how are we gonna get pertinent information about their specific needs into their ecosystem for their, them to ingest and respond to. That's not an easy thing to do. You know, it, it, it's, no. it's a hard, and, and the, you know, the thing that, that's important, and unless you have just a solution that is a one size fits all, which are, are so many, are so few and far between right now, the, the spray and pray days are done. 
You know, I, I, I think the, this consultative, this, this knowing, this, this tailored approach that has a lot more to do with uh, intelligence gathering and, and collaborative work on, uh, on how we're going to communicate out to a prospect seems like an increasingly important discipline to get familiar with and, uh, and carry forward. Yeah, without a doubt. And, and you know, I'd, I'd add something to it. And, and you, you touched on it as, as part of your, um, your flattery, but it, it's, um, it, it's truly about building the relationships, mm-hmm. right? And, and to me, um, it, it's about learning the people, right? Because as you say, you could have the widget that is perfect for everybody, right? And like you say, very few and far between Andor's doesn't exist <laughs> at all. Um, and that's fine because it, it, it shouldn't, it's hard, right? Everybody's a little different. Um, and that's a good thing. Um, but to build trust and to really be able to get deep and understand what it is that is needed, relationships matter. Mm-hmm. And that's whether it's at a one-to-one level or whether that's a strategic vendor, um, healthcare system provider partnership level, or somewhere in between or both, right? But it's, you know, to me, the whole thing is about trust and how we can really support person to person and vendor to provider and provider to patient, right? Because in the end, the patients have to trust when they're going into the healthcare systems too, that that they're going to get well and that they're they're going to get the help they need. And that's scary too, right? And so I think that the chain of trust actually goes both directions. Um, and it's really important to think about how we partner to drive to the future too, right? Because you, you've got to prob- solve the problems of today, but we've also got to solve for the problems of tomorrow, which includes thinking about how we continue to responsibly and sustainably deploy new artificial intelligence tools or alg- predictive algorithms, right? Or or how do we co-develop with providers and healthcare systems to understand really what they need at the point they mm-hmm. need it, right? Do I need a you know pneumo- pneumothorax detective device detecting device at the point of portable X-ray? <laughs> yeah, probably. And that exists, by the way. Do I need something that's going to look at um, uh, arrhythmias and stroke patients um, and tell me a week from now if they're going to? likely have another arrhythmia, which is going to cause another clot and another stroke? Yeah, definitely. And by the way, that exists. Um, That's the kind of stuff that partnership and trust and the relationships can help build and will further the cause of the whole process. And so to to the point of this whole sort of conversation, that's how we get consultative, right, Is, is learning and understanding and building those trusting relationships to have these deeper conversations to get to the root of what is needed. Talk about some of the challenges, because I know that if you're carrying this banner, I know some of the challenges or things you've encountered. What are some of the challenges about breaking down those silos between, you know, the traditional silos between marketing and sales and product? And I mean, that's a world you live in constantly. I maybe even saw you living in it in at health. Um, but talk about what some of those, what some of the practical challenges are at the end of the day. Well, so, I mean, the, the, there's there's nothing new in working in a commercial organization in terms of breaking down those silos, right? It's, I'd actually even argue it's the same thing as my last point, which is building the relationships and building mm-hmm. the trust. And then, you know, leadership 
um, particularly senior leadership that have the you know line of sight and oversight of all of those things that come together within a particular business, um, you know, is super duper helpful. And um, I think it's really important to lead by example. I think it's important to broker those relationships between the different teams. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and, you know, same thing that clients expect from a healthcare vendor. Um, I think accountability is, is really important. Um, And so, you know, I, I think to me, breaking down those silos is about communicating and um, doing the things together and not working separately. and, and that builds not only the, the trust and the value, but also will yield results, which everybody likes. So um, I, I think in the end, it, it becomes a win-win-win when we endeavor to do those things you together. Have, you may have just, and I think everybody sees that. You may have just inadvertently coined a, a term, a healthcare provender. <laughs> um, I like that. There's parts yep. of that I like. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really... Really true. I think that um, that level of cooperation is the, the thing that I, I work with a lot with our our clients is to help instill a different ideology in in how they approach the market. It it really is. We are one team with one objective. <laughs> you know, this is this is about. We, we have a meaningful solution that can transform things in meaningful ways. And if we have it broken down into, into siloed objectives, <laughs> you're going to have siloed, uh, you know, factions. If you can mm. figure out what it means to build combined objectives that are inherently mm. collaborative and cooperative, then that's an opportunity where everybody starts seeing this as a, a, as a combined opportunity. You know, this is about growth and, and this is about how we are going to meet the needs of a market together. Mm-hmm. And that's super easy, easier said than done because we are bucking a lot of tradition. But if we're looking at the nature of this market today, it, it just demands it. Because, you know, again, if we're hearing things from, from the buyers like, I, I am awash in a sea of potential solutions, none of which, you know, are presented to me in a way that understand me really. <laughs> and, and I don't have time. How do we, how do we yeah. solve for that? Uh, well, um, you know, it's interesting because I, I'd argue there's always going to mm-hmm. be some of that. Right. And, and, and some vendors are solving for that and they're seeing success and some vendors are not, and they're maybe having a hard time. Maybe they're not right. Maybe they've got such a a big client base that it's, it's perfectly fine. Um, but I, I think you're right. I think, you know, much like any other, let's call it consumer, um, people are getting savvier and, and, um, health systems are getting savvier and asking deeper questions and longer term questions around partnership and, and value and outcomes. Um, and so I, I think that that is, um, you know, solving that problem. I think you, you've already done, right? So we, we've got to create that, that loop of feedback and engagement and, and consultative, um, mm-hmm. thinking and support, um, and service. But, um, you know, I think that, that we adapt to the new status quo or you don't, right? And if you don't, you run the risk of 
not making it yep. through that. Yeah, I think that that's that's the question. The 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 question that I think that marketing people need to look at. I, I think marketing people have an opportunity right now, and that is to lead what I consider to be the concert. Right? We have a concert that yeah. we need to we we need to bring to the market. Um, it has to be it, it's intricate and needs to be well performed. <laughs> And, and it, because we're the translation layer, because we're the point at which the initial connection gets made, we get to figure out how best to orchestrate that and, and work with our teams to help them understand what needs to happen for that initial connection to effectively get made. And, and so mm -hmm. the opportunity in that is okay. Sales team, what is your on-ground intel telling you about XYZ opportunity that we can apply in, in some, some, some detailed channel marketing that might have us a shot at getting um, through to this health system? You know, what, is that, what, are, what do we know? How are we going to bring that forward? And, and coordinating mm -hmm. that, those efforts in a way to, to, to bring the, you know, <laughs> to play the concert that people actually want to hear. Um, make yeah. sure that it's tuned to their particular musical tastes. Um, let's, let's turn this and get a little, a step more, uh, practical perhaps, um, and talk about channels. Um, wh mm. what are the channels that you're seeing emerge right now and that you're pursuing? Talk about what that, that looks like. What's the, uh, what's the trend? Yeah, so so there's quite a few, and actually, what we're doing here today is a really great example. Um, uh, a podcast is a great opportunity to provide really interesting thought leadership and and um, you know sort of overarching content um, to a lot of people in a relatively facile way that is easily absorbable. Whether they're listening while they drive, that they, they don't need to be looking at us. Um, they can listen to what we're saying just fine. Uh, they'll be missing out if they um, don't. Let's face it. But for sure, there's no question. But um, the, the point remains, um, I, I still, you know, I've got to be honest, I still love a good webinar because we reach huge amounts of people and it, it's evergreen, right? It, it, you know, until that piece of content is no longer truly relevant, it can continue to be shared, whether it's rewatched yeah. or, or, or watched anew. Um, I think that's really valuable. Um, I, I think events are changing dramatically how we approach that. Right. And, and to your, um, you know, a phrase you said earlier, it's no longer spray and pray. You, you can't just show up to a trade show and expect people are going to come to your booth and, and ask you questions yep. anymore. It's about pre-planning, doing the discovery that we talked about, setting appointments and having a plan um, for each of the accounts, right? And, and then, of course, the overarching strategy around those is what are the right places to play now? What are the right hot topics? What are the right um, organizations to partner with? And so we, I spent a lot of time thinking about that and, and working with the sales teams and the clients understand where they're going and what they're hearing and what they want to do. So, you know, if I went out in the world today and I said, you know, hey, Southern California healthcare, um, healthcare systems, where are you going to go in 2024? Which events are you actually going to attend? And what is it you want to learn? They might not have the very specific list, but they'd have a pretty good mm -hmm. idea. Um, and then some might get added on and some might drop off, um, you know, but they're not bringing the 30 people to hymns that they used to. Um, it's just not cost effective anymore and, and not needed. Um, you know, other channels, certainly digital. Um, so social is really important. Looking at how we optimize for search is really critical. Um, you know, paid, uh, social, 
um, is actually a really interesting proposition. And, and then you can get sort of creative with some of that too, right? Do we do... That's where targeting can be very, yeah, exactly. very effective. Yep, it is. And, and you have to know what to say to the right people and where they're looking. So market research, market intelligence, and, and analysis becomes a really critical part of the marketing um, machine, right? One of those pretty good-sized cogs in that, that marketing machine. And um, I, I think really understanding that information becomes truly relevant to understanding what channels. And, and I might do one thing for a very large trade show, um, and I might do something entirely different for something very small or hyper-focused mm -hmm. or very network-oriented without a booth, right? So there's there's lots of ways to go about it. It's really figuring out what will work for that particular instance and who you're trying to reach in that moment. Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. Um, what are you... Um, as you're thinking about the creation of content, because, you know, we just talked about we webinars and I, I'm, <laughs> I tend to think right now, what, what, another thing we hear very clearly from the folks that we're talking to in the C-suite of healthcare systems, um, so important to lead with a very clear value assertion. You know, it, this is not about your specs. It's not about the 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 things that you know. Those are those are downstream important. The first equation is what's this going to do? What what's this going to do from a value perspective? And how clear is that? And and critical is that because I'm balancing a whole set of critical components right now, and I got to give deference to the most critical, most compelling. So when you're talking about the creation of content and, and how you are approaching that, what, what are some of the ways that, that Phillips at least is thinking about that part of the uh, strategy? Well, uh, again, I think it depends on what we're trying to do with it, right? So um, uh, I'll give you a good example. Just before health, um, our enterprise informatics um, business leader and um, Chief Innovation and Strategy Officer Shez Partovi released a blog post. Um, go out there and find it, folks. You can just search for Shez and you'll find it, S-H-E-Z. Um, but it's really thought leadership, right? And, and an interesting piece talking about new technology out in the world as it pertained not only to health, but some of the other big events, RSNA and um, Arab Health and HIMSS and ECR and things, things that will follow. Um, it really is thinking about what the right person or people is for that audience, right? So Shez does great thought leadership, but if I'm doing a webinar, they probably don't want to listen to Phillips people talk the whole time, yeah. right? And so I actually want to getting to the value. Clients. That's getting to the value in a hurry, right? I, I'm not oh. interested in Phillips talking about okay. Phillips. I'm interested in Phillips helping us into what their value is. Yeah. And, and also probably understanding from credible sources like their peers, right? So if I bring a CIO on to talk about their thought leadership and experience, whether it's with a particular solution or whether it's with solving a problem that is not unique to that individual healthcare system, um, that becomes a really relevant conversation to um, a much wider swath of interested learners. Um, as a marketer, we should be thinking one to many nine times out of 10, right? There's a really good opportunity to get very narrow and focus on account-based marketing, as you, you said so well before. But a webinar is a, a broad reach, right? So you've got to tell a story that's interesting to lots of different people. 
And nine times out of 10, it's not me or Shez or one of our um, you know, business leaders talking, it's talking with, right? Um, some of the most successful panels I've ever seen are highly interactive conversations amongst um, multiple healthcare systems and you know maybe one or two key leaders from a um, you know from a vendor, and I think those lead to really provocative, um, really thought-inducing conversations. Yeah, I think that that's. Um, I'm all, I, I'm at the point now where I think I I don't think healthcare technology companies need to spend any time. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to make an emphatic statement that I'm willing to live by. Um, I don't think they need to spend any time creating content that doesn't have a very strong presence of third-party validation. Um, mm. it, nobody's got time to just read another thing about a company telling us why they're so great. Uh, mm-hmm. there's, there's too much of that out there. I'm again, value is important and, and don't take my word for it. Listen to somebody who has experienced that value directly and is excited about talking about it. Because that's going to lead, that's going to open the door, at least open the door of trust. You know, it gives me the opportunity mm. to say, okay, there's a peer of mine who's saying this isn't BS. You know, this is, this is something they've actually realized in their world. And so that's a hard bar. I mean, that's a high bar to set. But because the easy thing is to talk about yourself. I mean, it's, it's, it's far easier because you don't, but, but as you mentioned, I mean, it comes back to those relationships. And if you have a relationship that you, that where you've won the trust and had the opportunities, um, figure out, put emphasis on that and figure out how to get them into an, into a conversation that helps you underscore your value. Um, and, mm-hmm. and, and how you can tell that story in a way that might have some strong connect points to a bunch of different other similar entities and build from there. Um, but don't put out another blog article that, that doesn't have that component, that doesn't bring that component with it. Um, you know, it's one thing, I, I think it's really important to, especially when you have an innovation in the market. I think it's really important that you work hard to help people know how to think about it because mm-hmm. that's a te- that's a gap technologists often leave is, you know, here's innovation. You should love innovation and we're not going to help you across the how they think about the innovation. But if you can do that by bringing along an early adopter who's realized the value of that and can help them know how to think about it, it's going it, to that that's going to be a, a big change. It's going to be a big transition. Yeah, I think it's right. And, and you know, data is always very supportive. Um, I also think, you know, just just a little devil's advocate here yeah, for you, John. Yeah, bring it. Um, <laughs> I, I, think, um, I think you're right 99% of the time. I agree. Data, uh, emphatically agree with you. Data is critical. Support and credibility in your statements are is critical. Um, but I also think that there are moments for vision, sure. whether it's created from a vendor side or, or a provider side, right? Because I, I want to hear that from them too. They live it every day. What is the thing that that you can imagine but isn't real yet, right? Um, that we say, we're thinking about yep. this, or this is what we think we're seeing out in the world, or we think the next trend is going to be, where there isn't an actual live solution yet, right? Or it isn't. there is no defensible data to support it yet because the thing doesn't exist. Um, and I, I think there is a time and a moment for that as well. 
And it might be through a blog post and it might be through a webinar and it might be from standing at a stage at an event um, or it might just be sitting in a healthcare system CIO office saying, let's figure out the next thing. Yeah. And that happens too. And that's again, back to your point and then my point, which is ultimately the relationship and the trust and that partnership that gets created over the course of time through those trusted relationships. Yeah, I think that that I, I I completely agree with you. I think the opportunity in that even even kind of the push it a little farther when you are bringing that vision, tying it to a real actual scenario where the pro, a problem exists, mm-hmm. you know, a problem that has real lives and real people associated with it, and springboarding off of that to say, here's the vision. I think yep. is the ultimate way to bring it, not not just kind of bring it from a void, but bring it from a real world scenario that says, here's here's where the pain and suffering is right now. Um, and yes. here's an example of how it's working out and what it's costing. And here's what here's what the future is going to mean and look like. I think that if you can do that, that that helps bring credence in a way that is uh, that, that can be really strong. Yeah, completely agree. Um, what I. Uh, I, I'm curious, Aaron, as you are framing your own point of view and, and what are some of the things that you're soaking in right now? What are, what are, some, what are you reading? What is uh, informing your, your view on things right now? Yeah, there's quite a few things, um, right? I, I try to keep current on all the healthcare publications that we all read well, every day, right? Um, and I, uh, I won't uh, go through the litany of, of what those are. Is there are. one, one uh, or two that you're... you're finding his favorites? I like healthcare IT. Um, I read Becker's. Um, I, I sort of like the blend of um, trends and then also the most current, holy cow, this is happening mm-hmm. right now um, between the two of those. Um, I, you know, assiduously read the Chime um, information um, and I, I sit on one of their boards around data analytics as well. And I'm, I'm grateful to be a party to that organization. Um, it's really about you know, I, I, I think it goes back to something I said earlier, which is I want to learn from the clients, right? And and I want to read or understand where they're getting their information and where they're sharing their information, right? And so it's those publications and those sources and the events. But I, I also, I really do personally try to attend a lot of the ad boards and the focus groups that we run um, because I want to hear directly and I want to probe and ask questions in the moment. And, and you know, I've had the privilege of, of maybe being at 15 or 20 of those this mm-hmm. year um, through a variety of different places. And um, to me, that's how I really stay current with what the healthcare ven- uh, providers are asking for and what they're thinking about. Um, and, you know, I, I think that's a really relevant thing for a marketer to do. It's a really relevant thing for our business leaders to do, and they do participate, um, you know, in, in each of these different things. Um, we try to record them for posterity's sake. Don't ask. I won't share the <laughs> recordings with you, but we can go back and listen and understand what people were saying in those moments because writing notes is a great way to capture and, and solidify information in, in my brain and, and in all of our minds, if that's the way you learn. But hearing it again in their words often is a thing that's super helpful. And so, you know, I, I think there's lots of ways people learn and understand um, what, you know, what is going on out in the world. I think finding the thing that works for you and is applicable to the work that you're specifically doing either at that moment or over the course of the year or in your planning for the next year um, is also a bit of an individualized endeavor. Yeah, for sure. That, that, that makes great sense. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what else haven't we covered? Any any uh, any final thoughts here as we uh, come up on our little curfew? <laughs> um, you know, look, I I think the short of it is we've touched on a lot of really interesting points today. And, and again, thank you so much for having me here. And, and also, um, you know, for, for having me on the board with Ratio, I, I love this mission. And um, I think in the end, we're all trying to help, that's right. right? And and that's um, in our world today, that's so very needed. And um, I think, you know, not I think, um, so many people are going through such a hard time out in the world, whether it's in, in Israel and, and Palestine, whether that's um, you know, struggling for healthcare or being able to afford basic care. Um, you know, it, it's a struggle out there. And so all the things that we do as healthcare marketers or healthcare, you know, vendors or providers, um, um, I, I think it's really important to sort of acknowledge and, and try to continue helping in whatever capacity that is that we're doing, right? And, and we can do that in our personal lives. We can do that in our professional lives. Um, it, it, I think it's really important to just sort of remember what we're here trying to do, which is help the patients yeah. in the end. And so for me, that's the key message that I take away from all of this is what we're trying to do. That's what I'm trying to do. Um, and, you know, I don't touch them with with gloved hands or a um, respirator or a, a modality. But in the end, we're all contributing. And right. so um, for me, that's sort of the message to take. And away. the great takeaway. I mean, it, it does come down to the fact we're we're, we're not just in this to, to bring more tech into the world. It's about helping caregivers give care. And at the end of the day, if we're doing that well uh, and and helping those equations come resolved in better ways, that's that's really essential. And holding that true as a, as a North Star as we're looking at these marketing efforts and how we're bringing things across is going to humanize this world that we're in. And that's an, import, an increasingly important thing. Um, as yep. as uh, technology continues to push farther and farther into the equation, uh, holding what's what's true uh, in in our human in the human equation is is increasingly important. Aaron Hillman, thank you so much for joining us here and having this conversation. I'm I'm really grateful um, and look forward to more of what you are going to bring forward in the context of Phillips and the road ahead. Uh, Thanks for joining us here on Healthcare Market Matrix. Thank you, John. Have a great day, everybody out there. Healthcare Market Matrix is a Ratio Original podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then jump over to healthcaremarketmatrix.com and subscribe. And we'd really appreciate your support in the form of a five-star rating on your favorite podcast platform. It does make a difference. Also, while you're there, you can become a part of the Healthcare Market Matrix community and get access to courses and content that's created just for you by signing up for Insights Squared, a monthly newsletter dedicated to bringing you the latest health tech marketing insights right to your inbox. Ratio is an award-winning marketing agency headquartered in the Nashville, Tennessee. We operate at the intersection of brand and growth marketing to equip companies with strategies to create meaningful connections with the healthcare market and ultimately drive growth. Want to know more? Go to goratio.com. That's G-O-R-A-T-I-O.com. 
And we'll see you at noon central next week for an all new episode from our team at Ratio Studios. Stay healthy.